Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Zitopoulos, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 15th of April, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We'll be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy. So take it through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody, and a happy early Easter for those of you who celebrate, of course, Easter Sunday being tomorrow, lots of hockey action, playoff hockey action uh, happening uh, all around us last night, tonight, and and, uh, uh, and just about every night between now and early June. The Canadians rallied to tie the Rangers in the final seconds and then won in overtime last night to tie their series at one apiece in their 4-3 victory over New York. Uh, Boston leads Ottawa 3-2. Oh, I'm sorry, 3-2. Uh, they won 2-1 in the first game, and uh, they lead the series one game to nothing. They will play game two at 3 o'clock on NBC on the flagship, Boston at Ottawa. Uh, the uh, Maple Leafs have a one, uh, or down one nothing. They got out to a 2 nothing lead. They ended up uh, losing 3-2 in overtime to Washington in game one. They will, uh, they will continue the series in Washington, Toronto at the Caps, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. And in the final Eastern, uh, Eastern matchup, Pittsburgh and Columbus. Pittsburgh having their way with Columbus so far with uh, two wins at home, 3-1 and 4-1. They will play tomorrow at 6 o'clock on CNBC in the U.S. And uh, that will be in Columbus. In the Western, on the Western side of the draw, Nashville has a one nothing lead on Chicago by surprising them with a one nothing victory in Game 1. Tonight is Game 2 on NBC, 8 p.m., Nashville in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Minnesota and St. Louis. St. Louis having a, uh, uh, an early lead. Both wins in Minnesota, 2-1 in overtime and 2-1 in regulation. They lead the series two games to nothing. Game 3 will be in St. Louis tomorrow, Easter Sunday, 3 o'clock on NBC. Uh, Anaheim and Calgary. Anaheim leads that series three to two, or one game to nothing after a three-two victory on Thursday. They will play in Anaheim for Game Two of that series at 10:30 tonight. NBC Sports Network. Anaheim will host the Calgary Flames. Edmonton and San Jose. Uh, they are in the uh, the final matchup in the West right now. The series is tied at a game apiece. The games in Edmonton were split. 3-2 San Jose win in overtime in game one. San Jose shut out, uh, shut out by Edmonton in game two, 2-0. Two so Edmonton winning game two. They are tied at a game apiece. Game three tomorrow night, Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock in San Jose on NBC Sports Network. So that's how things look. Uh, if you are participating in the NHL Bracket Challenge, how do your brackets look? I know it's early, uh, but uh, in my brackets, and, and um, uh, you can uh, – Join the Sports with the Statman League at uh, uh, NHL.com slash bracket. 
or you can go to bracketchallenge.nhl.com. It'll take you to the same place. Uh, I have the Washington Capitals winning it all, winning the Stanley Cup in a uh, chalk matchup in the final against the Chicago Blackhawks. How they get there, though, um, I think uh, is a little interesting. Uh, going draw by draw in the uh, Atlantic Division, I have Montreal beating the Rangers in five games. The Rangers have already won a game in that series, so uh, that series is tied at one apiece. I have Boston getting past Ottawa in five games. They're leading their series one nothing. Montreal and Boston meeting up in the second round. I have Boston getting through uh, to the conference final where they face Washington. Washington getting to that final uh, with wins over Toronto in six games. And uh, Pittsburgh in the second round. I have Pittsburgh getting past Columbus in six games. It may not take that long as Columbus lost their first two, but those are two home games. You're expected to win your home games. If Columbus can win their home games and steal one of the games in Pittsburgh, they can still win the series, obviously. But I have Pittsburgh over Columbus in six games. Uh, but Washington beating Pittsburgh in that second round and then Washington beating Boston in the conference final and Chicago in the Stanley Cup final. In the West, uh, Chicago getting there, obviously, by defeating Nashville in five games, which means Chicago would have to sweep the remaining four games. Uh, I have St. Louis getting past Minnesota in seven. They're already up 2 nothing in their series with both wins in Minnesota. And then I have Chicago beating St. Louis in the second round to get to the conference final. Uh, I have Chicago meeting Edmonton in that conference final. Edmonton surprising by beating San Jose in six games and getting past Anaheim, who themselves I have getting past Calgary in six games. Uh, the Edmonton series is tied with San Jose. Anaheim has a one nothing lead on their series. And then I have uh, Chicago beating Edmonton in the conference final, uh, but losing to Washington for the Stanley Cup. That's how I see it. Of course, it probably won't go that way with two number ones heading into the Stanley Cup final against each other. Uh, that usually doesn't happen at all. So uh, who do you have? Let me know who you have. You can uh, tweet me at gstatman, uh, that's G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N, or uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Facebook, you can just uh, leave a comment under the audio, facebook.com slash sports with the statman. Okay, it is this week in, family, in fantasy sports as we are – Finishing up week two in fantasy baseball, looking ahead to week number three. And also we want to take a quick look back at uh, hockey. Now that the full season numbers are in, when we were on last Sunday with you, it was the last day of the regular season. Uh, but we'll take a look at the numbers a little bit. But first, let's take a look at fantasy baseball. And, and uh, we are almost two weeks into the season at this point. And we're going to take a look at the weekly best for week two, the games of uh, Saturday, April the 8th through Friday, April the 14th. And Marcel Ozuna is the top hitter in fantasy baseball for the past week. Thanks to a grand slam in the first inning against the Mets uh, two nights ago, a game that uh, the Mets ended up winning 9-8 to eight in 16 innings. But that 4 nothing hole that they dug themselves into was courtesy of a Marcel Ozuna grand slam. Ozuna was 8-23 for 23 for the week, and he had – a, uh, a solid week with, uh, uh, with four home runs, 12 runs batted in, and a 348 batting average. Only one person had more than uh, Ozuna's four homers, and that was Ioannis Cespedes, who had five home runs. Ozuna tied with Lucas Duda for the second most home runs in all of baseball. RBIs-wise, uh, Ozuna was the top guy at 12, three better than Cespedes is nine, uh, but from a fantasy perspective, no one was better than Ozuna in terms of the hitters. 36 fantasy points for him. He had an OPS of 1309. Eugenio Suarez of the Cincinnati Reds is second with 35 fantasy points. 
Flavor of the Week, I'm sure he will be a Flavor of the Week as he's uh, third baseman for the Reds, largely undrafted. Batted 423 for the week with two homers, two doubles, eight RBIs, added the stolen base, six runs scored. Uh, slugged 731 for the week. Those are good numbers for Suarez. In terms of runs scored, uh, I mentioned Suarez had six tied with a host of other people. Uh, one person had more than him, though. That was Christian Yelich with his seven runs scored. And the one paltry stolen base, well, Jose Peraza, Gregory Polanco, and Jonathan VR had four steals, all of them getting caught. Uh, th- those were the best running performances of the week. Jose Altuve, Joanna Cespedes tied for third place. We're going to actually give it to um, Cespedes because of the uh, better OPS. He had an OPS of 962 for the week, batting only, quote-unquote, 308, 8 for 26. He did score six runs, five of them by driving himself in with home runs, nine RBIs as well, and uh, two doubles. He had 33 points. Altuve batted an even 500. He was 11 for 22, but no home runs and one run batted in. He had three doubles. Those were his only extra base hits. He did have three steals as well, scored six runs, and uh, he had 33 fantasy points. Rounding out the top five, Will Myers of the San Diego Padres, 32 points. So four points separating number one from number five. Myers with two homers, two triples, two doubles, 10 for 23 overall. That's a 435 batting average. Drove in six runs, scored five, slugged 957 for the week. And those were the top five hitters. Among pitchers, the top pitcher in all of fantasy baseball in the past week, Dallas Keuchel, because he had two starts. He had a win and a no decision, a 1.290 ERA in 14 innings, 11 strikeouts, a .64 whip. He had 49 fantasy points. At number two, Noah Syndergaard, the top local, uh, a win and a no decision as well. 13 innings pitched. His start last night curtailed by a finger blister and 1.39 ERA. And a .85 whip, 13 strikeouts, and no walks. He has not walked any in his first three starts, and he has 46 fantasy points for the week. New Darvish at number three, also a two-star pitcher, 44 points for him. .69 ERA, which means he allowed one earned run in 13 innings. He had a hard luck loss. If he didn't have that loss and had a win instead, he'd be the top pitcher. That's how close it was. Johnny Cueto at number four, 43 fantasy points. Two starts, two wins, 2.57 ERA, and a 1.07 whip in 14 innings, 13 strikeouts. And at number five, Danny Duffy of the Kansas City Royals, 42 fantasy points, a 1.93 ERA, and uh, a 2-0 record, a 1.07 whip uh, for him. Top reliever, Aroldis Chapman and Addison Reed tied for the top spot. We give it to Chapman. He did more in fewer innings and did not allow an earned run. Chapman of the Yankees, the top local, 38 fantasy points, three saves in three and two-thirds innings, six strikeouts. Addison Reed of the Mets gets an honorable mention there uh, with three saves in five innings. A 1.80 ERA is allowed an earned run, uh, and he had 38 fantasy points. The best one-start pitcher, Michael Pineda of the Yankees. He uh, won his start, allowed a run on two hits and seven and two-thirds innings, no walks, 11 strikeouts. He had 37 fantasy points. That is our pitching line of the week. Our hitting line for the week belongs to Ioannis Cespedes, and that was uh, in the game against Philadelphia on April the 11th. It was Tuesday night. He was he ran wild, four for six, uh, three home runs, five runs batted in. He had 14 total bases as he added a double, and uh, he had 22 fantasy points. That was five better than Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, and Travis Darno, who each had 17-point games. Cespedes' best hitting, um, the, the best hitting performance is Cespedes with 22 points in one game. Best single-start pitching performance 
was Michael Pineda's 37 fantasy points. Uh, that is how things look. The top local for pitchers is Syndergaard for hitters. That would be Cespedes for the entire week. Going quickly position by position, Travis Darno, the top catcher over the past week. He was 7 for 19 with two homers, seven RBIs. Had a big day in that extra inning game for the Mets. Had a triple, drove in three runs on a bases loaded triple, two singles, and homered in the 16th, a solo shot to give the Mets uh, the lead they would keep and uh, win nine to, six, nine to eight. So Darno, 27 fantasy points, a solid week for him. Um, the rest of the top three, Robinson Chirinos of Texas with 18 points and a, and a host of, uh, of uh, players tied to third at 16 fantasy points. Christian Vasquez, Brian McCann of Houston, Salvador Perez of Kansas City. For first baseman, Will Myers was the best at 32 points. Daniel Murphy, uh, he qualifies second with 28 fantasy points. Freddie Freeman at 27. Uh, Jose Altuve, the top second baseman at 33 points. Daniel Murphy, once again, he qualifies there with 28. Uh, he's in second place. Jose Peraza at 27 points. He's in third place. Robinson Cano uh, with 23 points just out of the top three. Uh, for third base, Eugenio Suarez with 35 points, 11 points better than anyone else. And Michael Franco was the second best uh, third baseman, the Phillies' third baseman, two homers, eight RBIs, including a, a grand slam against the Mets. Uh, 24 fantasy points for him. And Yunel Escobar, Jake Lamb, David Freeze, and Jonathan VR all tied for third with 21 fantasy points. Elvis Andrews, the top shortstop, actually tied with Jose Peraza, but we give it to Andrews on OPS. He had an OPS of 11.08. Two solo homers, two doubles, six runs scored, two steals and three attempts. He batted 375, nine for 24, and he had 27 fantasy points. Jose Peraza had four steals and four attempts, three RBIs, two doubles, but seven singles. Uh, he was 9 for 28, batting 321. Uh, and Aledis Diaz, three home runs, five RBIs. He was third with 24 fantasy points among shortstops. Outfielders, Marcelo Zuna, we told you about him. We told you about Joanna Cespedes. But how about Jay Bruce? 10 for 32 for the week, a 312 batting average, three homers, six RBIs, and a 594 slugging percentage. He had 29 fantasy points. Peraza also qualifies in the outfield. He was tied with Mitch Haniger for fourth place. Mitch Haniger. Uh, 333 average, 8 for 24, two homers, six RBIs, adding two doubles and a stolen base. Uh, he is off to an interesting start for the Seattle Mariners, a guy that uh, not a lot of uh, uh, fantasy owners may be uh, targeted in the draft. But three homers, seven RBIs, a 273 batting average. That is his start uh, to the season. Last year in Arizona, batted 229 with five homers in 109 at-bats. So he's had some power. He's a 26-year-old center fielder, 6'2", 204 pounds, and uh, he is 15 points away from setting a new uh, uh, personal record in terms of fantasy points in a season because he only had 109 at-bats um, previous to this season. Uh, in terms of pitchers, we've told you about Keuchel and Syndergaard and Darvish, Cueto, and Duffy. Pineda, the top one-start pitcher. Uh, but uh, in terms of relievers, let's give you the best relievers. Chapman. Reed, David Robertson, the former Yankee, had two saves in four innings, eight strikeouts, didn't allow an earned run. He had 35 points. Greg Holland at 33. Scott Feldman as a starter now uh, qualifies because of uh, being a reliever last year. But Justin Wilson, Detroit, uh, ending the top five with a win and a save and no earned runs, three and two-thirds innings. That is a look at our weekly best for week number two. On to injuries, quarter past the hour, hot pickups, and then, of course, all the other good stuff that you've come to expect from the show if you have a fantasy question or a pro opinion you want to get off your chest, you can reach me in a number of different ways. 
You can uh, look me up on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sportswiththestatman. Like us on Facebook. Come back early and often. We uh, post all of our audio on, uh, on Facebook. You can leave a comment uh, with your fantasy opinion or uh, question or what have you. Also, you can tweet me, at GStatman. That's eight, at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. The website is statmansportsonline.com. And you can find out about the show and listen, listen to the show in a number of different ways. The only place you can listen live, though, is on Blog Talk Radio. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. That's T-H-E-statman. That's our show page. You can listen to it. Click on the link right there for today's show. You can also download the entire podcast, the 30-minute live feed you're listening to now, as well as the podcast-only version. You can do that either through the Blog Talk Radio page. Also, uh, you can look us up on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, just type in Sports with the Statman in the search. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and you can also uh, download the Stitcher uh, app, the Smart Radio app, and you can do that through the uh, through Google Play or through the Apple App Store. If you have CarPlay in your car, Apple CarPlay, you can listen to the show through the speakers. You can uh, give us a thumbs up, add us to your playlist, download the episode over Wi-Fi, and take it on the go with you. We're usually on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern time, as we are on today. Last week, we were on Sunday because of uh, um, stuff I had going on over the weekend. This week, Saturday, 10 a.m., and next week as well. So check your local listings for the latest times, but usually Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Glad to be with us on a beautiful spring-like day that will seem like summer tomorrow with highs in the New York area in the low 80s. It's going to be great weather. And uh, hope your Easter festivities include an outside component, maybe an Easter egg hunt or what have you. All right. Now let's uh, move on. Week number two, or going on to week three here for injuries, as uh, uh, we'll see what, uh, uh, what injuries and maybe, maybe some, uh, uh, some backup plans for you as we get into the hot pickups. John Gray, the starting pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, 25-year-old, uh, has a stress fracture in his foot. After three starts at 4.38 ERA, not a great start, but you got to remember he pitches in Colorado. He will miss a month with that stress fracture, and he had a left toe injury he suffered during Thursday's start. Uh, that was uh, that was the first idea was that it was a uh, it was just an aggravation, uh, but it was discovered that he has actually been dealing with a stress fracture, so he's going to miss a month of the season. Uh, Trey Turner placed on the DL with a hamstring injury he is uh taking batting practice so he's on his way back of course now the dl minimum is 10 days not 15 days which definitely helps for uh quick injuries you you know that 10-day dl uh will help in terms you know if if your player has to be on the dl in order for him to be uh put on put on your league's dl as it is in our league uh you can't place him on the dl unless he's on the official major league baseball dl and when you have it when you have the 15-day dl and you had a nagging injury that might have that that might come around with a couple of days of rest. They would choose to basically play with 24 players and keep that player out uh, just to see if rest would resolve the issue instead of putting him on the DL. Now with a shorter term, you're going to have more players put on the DL, which helps you stash a player if you have unlimited DLs and you have a spot to use to get a player uh, from a free agency that can help you. Uh, in, on your fantasy team. I think that's a, a positive development for fantasy teams, uh, a 10-day DL instead of a 15-day DL. That is, of course, unless you do not have DL spots, uh, because then if you have a short two- to three-day injury, they'll think to put the player on the 10-day DL instead of having him work it out. 
if you have a limited uh, amount of DL slots, like one or two, that could also be a problem. But if you have unlimited DL spots, then it's a, it's a positive development. But anyway, uh, Turner is returning to batting practice. Um, uh, so re really uh, looking like he will be able to come off the DL on Wednesday, uh, which is the minimum amount of time. That is 10 days since he was placed on the DL. Josh Donaldson put on the DL with a calf injury. And I have to say, it's refreshing to actually see the injuries, unlike hockey where it's upper body and lower body. In baseball, they actually tell you what's wrong with the player. Uh, Donaldson with a calf injury is put on the 10-day DL. Yesterday, uh, he, will, uh, uh, he will fully rest. And Chris Coughlin called up uh, to Toronto. But Darwin Barney will play uh, most of the innings at third base. All right, other players on the DL and deep leagues, Malik Smith, hamstring injury, which is not a good thing for a fast player like Malik Smith. Uh, right hamstring tightness is the, uh, uh, is the diagnosis. He had three steals, uh, including uh, uh, two on, on uh, April 8th. That was his most recent steal. Uh, but he is batting, he's batting 273, six for 22. Uh, not a bad start for the 23-year-old center fielder. Um, better in rotisserie leagues than anything else because of his stolen base prowess. Uh, doesn't really put it all together in total points leagues, but still, uh, he is on the DL. Uh, and let's, let's see what else. Matt Kemp put on the DL for the uh, Atlanta Braves, looking to come back on Wednesday. Uh, he is trying to come back from a hamstring injury and may, probably will not need a rehab assignment. That is how it looks. He's 8 for 16 with a couple of homers and four RBIs to start the season. So he is uh, off to a good start, but then the DL uh, occurred there. Let's go position by position and, and take a look at the latest injuries. Among catchers, Giovanni Soto, who is off to a solid start, he has an elbow injury put on the DL, uh, and that was on Thursday after um, – a start where he has three homers and five RBIs and a 267 batting average. It's retroactive to April 12th, uh, so he is eligible to come back on the 22nd, which is next Saturday for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Buster Posey uh, was a hit in the head. Um, he was he was beamed, and that was uh, uh, that was that, that was a tough spot because Posey is uh, the heart and soul of that San, San Francisco Giants team. Uh, he is uh, taking batting practice, second straight day of physical activity. Uh, that is a good sign as well. Uh, so that was uh, a difficult uh, situation against uh, Arizona on the 10th of April. Uh, that, was the, uh, 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 that was when he was hit in the head. He was put on the seven-day DL, which is a concussion DL. Um, and that was uh, – anyway, so, so uh, at this point, Nick Hundley – is still playing uh, behind the plate for San Francisco. Uh, also, Devin Mesoraco, we have an update on him, hip injury for him, um, and he could return as early as next week, meaning uh, during the week as well. Uh, he is supposed to catch a full game in AA before proving that he can come back. Uh, Tom Murphy for Colorado, forearm injury for him, and uh, Gary Sanchez, his bicep injury, uh, which uh, has him on the DL as well. Uh, as far as Murphy is not uh, doing the fielding drills yet, Sanchez uh, now said to be out four weeks. It was a grade one muscle strain behind the biceps. Uh, so that is the, uh, 
that is the diagnosis for Gary Sanchez as he was hurt last Saturday in a game against Baltimore. We, we talked about it, and he was put on the DL, but he will miss a month of time. On to first baseman. That's quite a few injuries for catchers. For first baseman, uh, Gerardo Parra, who also qualifies in the outfield, he is on the paternity list, not on the injury list. Rymel Tapia uh, was recalled from Colorado. He is a prospect. Interesting to see how he does. Actually picked him in our uh, minor league baseball draft. Uh, also, Byung-Ho Park from Minnesota put on the DL with a hamstring injury, but it is a minor one, according to manager Paul Molitor of the Minnesota Twins. On the second baseman, uh, we talked about Turner. Jason Kipnis with a shoulder issue. Uh, he could uh, resume his rehab assignment. He has not played yet this year for Cleveland, but he is uh, look, looking to resume his rehab uh, today. And uh, he was hit by a pitch during Wednesday's game uh, as he was rehabbing, uh, but he was he was okay out of there. Um, but that is uh, that is a situation for Jason Kipnis as he's looking to get back. Obviously drafted fairly high in a lot of leagues. Gene Segura uh, was put on the deal with a hamstring injury, expected to be back after the minimum 10 days. Uh, he is now a shortstop. So beyond him, other shortstops. Um, really, uh, Didi Gregorius' shoulder issue, looking to come back around May 1st, taking some light swings. Um, but he is, quote-unquote, weeks away from returning. Also in deep leagues, Matt Duffy for Tampa, uh, trying to come back from a heel injury. He's not played yet this year. He's working out daily, however, but no timetable for a debut officially. And prospect Brian Rogers, or not Brian Rogers, what, what am I saying? Brendan Rogers of the Colorado Rockies with a hand injury. Um, he is, uh, it is a minor issue, so I wouldn't uh, worry about, uh, about his uh, prospect future for Colorado. In, uh, among outfielders, um, we talked about uh, Turner and Smith and Kemp. Jorge Soler, now of the Kansas City Royals, dealing with an oblique injury, but he is coming back. Uh, close to a rehab assignment. That is a key uh, uh, fence post in terms of coming back to the major league roster. Jackie Bradley could return Wednesday taking batting practice. He has a knee injury. His rehab is going very well. Uh, and uh, he has four for 14 to start the young season. Uh, also, J.D. Martinez with a foot injury for Detroit could get back to game action soon. That is according to MLB Network Radio. Um, and uh, uh, he will not uh, require the full 20-day rehab assignment, according to, uh, according to Martinez himself, uh, according to the Detroit Tigers, I should say. So uh, Martinez looking to come back in the next, let's say, two to three weeks. David Dahl of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, of course, we, uh, uh, we, we mentioned that uh, 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 Dahl has been out. We talked about it last week. He is increasing his activity, uh, but not cleared to swing a bat just yet. So he is still, uh, I'd say, probably three weeks away from, uh, from returning. Okay, and uh, let's take a look at pitching injuries quickly. As uh, we talked about John Gray, Garrett Richards with his bicep injury, um, they're trying to figure out what's going on uh, with, with him. He went, underwent a spine MRI. That does not sound good. He is struggling to regain strength in his biceps. Uh, so they're not quite sure what the issue is. So th- there is no there is no timetable for for his return. Uh, obviously, um, he did not allow an earned run in four and two thirds in his opening start. Uh, struck out four against the Oakland A's, so looked good, but he left because of that biceps injury. Uh, also, 
uh, Tyson Ross looking to try and get back, dealing with back spasms uh, as he was scratched from a rehab start. Uh, so uh, not looking to be any major issue, just skipping the start and coming back in five days. Um, but uh, he is uh, he is really he's owned in only 21% of CBSSports.com leagues, and you look at his numbers in the past, and they are solid. You remember in 2013, um, I'm sorry, in, in 2014, he had a 3.32 ERA, 13 or 14 record, a career ERA of th- uh, 3.64, uh, but an under 500 pitcher because he's played for bad teams. Well, the Texas Rangers uh, might have a spot for him, but he's got to get back and uh, he missed that rehab start. They're looking to come back right back at it. Uh, for prospect, in terms of prospects uh, pitchers, Luke Weaver on the DL with a back injury out indefinitely with lower back stiffness uh, as he was pulled from his start in Memphis, the AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, during the week. David Price with his elbow issue. Uh, he is having a bullpen session today. Actually, uh, he had one last week, and he may face uh, hitters in the uh, near future as he is uh, trying to come back and make his debut, looking to be in the mid-May time frame. Okay, and that, uh, that will just about do it. Let's see if there are any final uh, relief, uh, relief pitcher injuries. Not really. So let's, uh, let's move on to hot pickups. And as I mentioned, the live feed is going to cut out in about a minute, so uh, you can listen to the entire 45-minute podcast on our Blog Talk radio page blogtalkradio.com slash the dash statman also on itunes on stitcher on facebook go to facebook.com slash sports with the statman like us on facebook come back early and often and on twitter at g statman that's g-s-t-a-t-m-a-n okay now on to hot pickups for week number three and of course you're going to want to listen to the podcast only version as we have two star pitchers we have our hitting uh, uh hitting stars uh before we move on to fantasy hockey to finish up on a beautiful Saturday morning here, right in the middle of April. And I do want to take a moment before we get back uh, to, um, uh, to talk about Jackie Robinson Day. Today, 70th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, big celebration tonight at Dodgers Stadium. 70 years. 70 years. And everyone in Major League Baseball will be wearing number 42. So um, this is always a, a great day to remember the great uh, Jackie Robinson. Okay, on to hot pickups, and we're going to take a look at uh, hitters and pitchers and give you a couple of options for uh, uh, for shallow leagues, medium-sized leagues, deep leagues. Right now, the flavor of the week is Mark Reynolds. Um, continues to be, among hitters anyway, as he's off to a 300 batting average, four homers, 11 RBIs. A guy with his home run track record uh, and the fact that he's playing games at Coors Field uh, a really good combination. This is a guy who has hit 20 home runs seven times, 30 home runs three times. He has 255 home runs in his career, 251 coming into this year. Uh, and he's 33 years old. But that's, he's a one-dimensional player. He's a home run hitter. And in Colorado, that could do some serious damage. And he's available uh, now in shallow leagues as he is at up to 62% uh, of ownership, up from 28% just a week ago. Uh, also, in, um, in medium-sized leagues, Steven Souza of Tampa Bay. He's off to a good start. One of those post-hype prospects. I remember I uh, picked him for Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago, and that was a bad move. But batting 328 in the early, or 325 in the early going with two homers and eight runs batted in. 
27-year-old outfielder now. Um, he has hit safely in five of his last seven games, homering twice in his last five games. Uh, so he is uh, playing well, um, but he is available in medium-sized leagues for now. He's up to 48% ownership, up from 25 a week ago. And in deep leagues, let's give you a deep league option. Um, Marwin Gonzalez has a, uh, you know, always seems to, to kind of be around because he qualifies in so many positions, first, third, outfield. Um, he's, uh, he has three home runs in the early going, six RBIs. And, um, however, his batting average has tanked a bit to 231. Uh, in the past, you know, he's, he's been in double figures in home runs the last two years, uh, but he already has three uh, in, the, in the early going. But Marwin Gonzalez is a, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy, a, a solid reserve to have on several uh, positions to, to make sure that you can actually field the lineup. But it might be uh, an interesting flyer in deep leagues. Um, also in shallow leagues, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman getting uh, a lot of love. And in medium-sized leagues, Jason Castro, James McCann, a couple of catching uh, options for you. And in deep leagues, uh, Giovanni Soto, but he is on the DL. Uh, Jed Lowry for Oakland, Scooter Jeanette for Cincinnati, and uh, Ronald Torres of the Yankees. Uh, On to uh, pitchers. Let's take a look at at starters. Amir Garrett, we talked about him last week. His ownership jumped from 27% to 72%. The left-hander, uh, 2-0 and in his first two starts, a 1.42 earned run average and a .71 whip. So 47 points for him so far. He has pitched well both on the road against St. Louis and Pittsburgh. Next start at home against Baltimore and Ubaldo Jimenez. And that will be uh, for Amir Garrett. He is available in Shallow leagues, also in shallow leagues, Mike Leak. He pitched extremely well. He's one and one with a .60 ERA. His one earned run allowed in 15 innings pitched. He pitched a beauty against Washington. No runs on four hits in seven innings. That was back on Wednesday. Uh, also in uh, shallow leagues, Kendall Graveman. In medium-sized leagues, uh, you have uh, Antonio Senzatello. We talked about him last week. And what did he do in the week since? He Pitched a beauty on Tuesday against San Diego at home. Two runs on five hits and in seven innings and walked five strikeouts. Uh, that was his first major league victory for the year. He is uh, he has a 1.50 ERA and a .92 WHIP. Remember, he's a Colorado pitcher, but he's probably going to get several turns in the rotation to um, uh, to prove himself a little more because John Gray is out for a month. So Senzatella wasn't. I, I don't know if he was in danger of losing a rotation spot, but. Uh, they need uh, all the pitching they can get, as usual, and Sensatella has given them good pitching. Also, medium-sized leagues, Jimmy Nelson from Milwaukee. Uh, he is off to a good start, 13 innings, a 1.39 earned run average, a .85 whip, and he pitched extremely well at home against Chicago in his debut. And then in, in Cincinnati, a run on five hits in seven innings in his most recent start, he will uh, play a pitch at Wrigley against Brett Anderson. That's his next start, and that is on Tuesday night. Um, but uh, still uh, a medium-sized ad at this point. Also, Andrew Triggs of the Oakland A's, uh, he has uh, pitched well 2-0. and He's not allowed an earned run at 11 and two-thirds innings, but he only has four strikeouts. That is a potential red flag, but a 1.03 whip. Uh, through six shutout innings against the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City, uh, allowing no runs on four hits. He won his opening start against the uh, Angels. 
his next start at home against Texas and A.J. Griffin on, uh, I believe that is Monday, Monday the 17th. In deeper leagues, let's give you a couple options. Uh, Derek Holland, now of the Chicago White Sox. Remember him? Remember the, uh, the pitching uh, prospect with the Texas Rangers? Then he had the, uh, I believe he had the back issues. Well, he is 1-1 one one with a 1.50 ERA, uh, nine strikeouts in 12 innings, pitched well against Cleveland, allowed a run, or no runs on a single hit, but he did walk four in six innings. Uh, his next outing on Monday night in the Bronx, facing Jordan Montgomery of the Yankees, and, uh, and Derek Holland, a deep league ad uh, at this point. Also, Phil Hughes for the Minnesota Twins. He is a deep league ad uh, as well. Uh, finally, uh, let's take a look at uh, closers or just relievers in general. Joaquin Benoit in, uh, in medium-sized leagues, he is suddenly getting some, uh, uh, some love, mainly because of the rest of the bullpen, uh, because of Jean-Marc Gomez and because of Hector Norris. Joaquin Benoit suddenly becomes a guy that uh, people are relying on a little more if they're going to be good. Uh, also, uh, he's in, he's in medium-sized leagues. Sean Doolittle in medium-sized leagues. He's going to split the closer duty, uh, uh, will Sean Doolittle, um, in, in Oakland. As um, he uh, got a save the other night, uh, no earned runs in two and two-thirds innings uh, for the year. But the Oakland bullpen is a mess. It really is. As Ryan Madsen is now the, has been the setup guy, um, uh, you have Santiago, Santiago Casilla and Doolittle kind of splitting saves. It's, it's a mess in Oakland right now, so I would kind of steer clear. But uh, still, he's available in medium-sized leagues, as is Casilla. Uh, in deep leagues, Mike Dunn, Jose Leclerc of the Texas Rangers. Anyone who's not a starter is a candidate to close in Texas. as their bullpen, one of the few bullpens, more of a mess than Oakland's bullpen is. Uh, he picked up his first save on Wednesday, did Leclerc, um, and then he lost uh, two days later, and Seattle gave up a run on three hits. So uh, it's uh, touch and go in Texas. Uh, Sam Dyson has not really done the job in the early going. Okay, that is, uh, that is a look at our hot pickups. Let's look at two-star pitchers. I'll give you a couple of two-star pitchers starting in more than 50% of CBSSports.com leagues to sit and ones two under. Uh, two pitchers under 50% that I would recommend starting. Uh, among this, the pitchers to sit, Danny Salazar's had a tough go of it so far. He goes to Minnesota, who's off to a good start, and the White Sox facing James Shields, faces Kyle Gibson of the Twins, by the way. But Salazar 0-1 in two starts at 4-6-3 ERA. The one saving grace for Salazar, he has 20 strikeouts in 11 and two-thirds innings. Uh, so that is uh, solid, but the rest of his number is not very good. Uh, as I said, he faces Gibson of the Twins on Monday and Shields of the White Sox on Saturday. Also, Lance Lynn of the St. Louis Cardinals. He goes up against the Pittsburgh Pirates at home on Monday against Ivan Nova and then in Milwaukee over the weekend on Saturday against Chase Anderson. Uh, I mentioned Salazar. He's starting in 79% of CBSSports.com leagues. Lynn is at 50%. Uh, I would definitely sit both. Uh, I would sit Lynn for sure. Salazar, if you have better options. Among the... Uh, Guys on the low end of the totem pole who I could definitely see moving up. Uh, Mike Leak pitched very well against Washington. He has a two-start week. He's only starting at 35% of CBSSports.com leagues. That will go up. Chad Cool against uh, uh, Chad Cool of the Pirates on Tuesday and Jimmy Nelson of the Milwaukee Brewers on Sunday. That could be a pitcher's duel, quite possibly. Uh, also, 
I mentioned Andrew Triggs. The one red flag is the strikeouts. He has two starts at home in Oakland this week. A.J. Griffin on Monday for the Texas Rangers and Ariel Miranda for the Seattle Mariners on Saturday. And the Mariners are off to a struggling start. Also, Jimmy Nelson. Triggs is starting at 23% of CBSSports.com. Leaf Nelson only 11%. He has a tough week, though. He's at Wrigley against Brett Anderson on Tuesday and then home against Mike Leake on Sunday. So if you have better options, maybe steer clear of Nelson for one more week. I would definitely go with Triggs. I would also go with Brendan, Brandon McCarthy of the Dodgers. He's at home against the Diamondbacks and Robbie Ray on Monday and in Arizona to face Shelby Miller on Sunday. So the second start being in Arizona is a bit of a red flag as well because it is a hitter's ballpark, and the more you see a pitcher, the more likely you are to hit him. If it was the other way around, I'd feel better about it. In Arizona for the first game and then home on that, uh, at Dodger Stadium, that would be a better situation. But still as it is, McCarthy 2-0 and with a 1-5-0 ERA. Uh, so far this year. I also like Joe Musgrove of the Houston Astros. He's at home against the Angels and Jesse Chavez, and then in Tampa to face Blake Snell and the Rays. He's starting at 32% of CBSSports.com leagues as McCarthy is. So if I were to pick two pitchers, I would probably go with Leak and uh, Triggs at this point uh, with McCarthy, Musgrove, Nelson kind of in that next tier. There are a bunch of good options under 50%. Um, and, and that's uh, that's just a, a product of being in the early season. And you have a lot of guys that haven't really caught on yet. Uh, hitting notes for week number three, guys with uh, good uh, teams with, with good uh, schedules coming up and teams with not so good schedules. Let's start with the good schedules, the easy schedules. The Boston Red Sox have seven games this week. Wraparound series against Tampa in the Patriots Day matinee. Uh, and then they go on the road, three against Toronto, three against Baltimore. That is a good week for them as they play you know, all seven days. Cleveland, they're on the road, but they're on the road against bad teams. Four in Minnesota, three against the White Sox. Minnesota not as bad as people think, but still Cleveland having a, uh, a solid hitting week coming up. Uh, let's give you another one as well. Uh, the Texas Rangers go to Oakland for three, then they come home against the Royals for four. They're playing all seven days uh, this week. Uh, the Cubs, three at home against Milwaukee. Then they go on the road to face Cincinnati for three. Only six games, but uh, good opponents for them. The St. Louis Cardinals play all seven days this week. Three at home against Pirates, four in Milwaukee at Miller Park. Uh, those are a couple of good options as well. In terms of tough schedules for the next week, how about the Blue Jays? They're off to a horrid start. They're, they have three at Fenway and then three in Anaheim. Uh, at I'm sorry, three at home against Boston and then three in Anaheim. So not so easy for them. Uh, the Twins play all seven days this week, but they play four at home against Cleveland, three at home against Detroit. Good pitching there as they will face Verlander, I believe, on Friday. Um, also the Angels, four in Houston, then three at home against Toronto. They do play all seven days, but that is not a great situation. The Mets play six, three at home against Philly, three at home against Washington. And that series against Washington is uh, it's going to be a – um, a low-scoring series most likely in Pittsburgh, in St. Louis for three, and then home against the Yankees for three more not great schedules uh, for those teams. All right, we only have a couple of minutes left. I just want to say from a, from a fantasy hockey standpoint, Connor McDavid, the top forward, uh, he had a, an even 100, 30 goals, 70 assists, plus 27. He was the only forward uh, to surpass 300 fantasy points in our uh, scoring system, Sidney Crosby, a half point behind at 299.5. However, in that same scoring system, there were two defensemen and four goaltenders. 
The defenseman, Brent Burns, what a season for him. 76 points, 29 goals, 47 assists, plus 19. He had 350 and a half fantasy points. Eric Carlson also passed the 300 uh, mark at 316 and a half. 17 goals, 54 assists for 71 points and plus 10 for him. Goaltenders, four goaltenders over 300 points. Sergei Barbrowski at 342 points. Cam Talbot at 337.4. Braden Holtby at 335.2. And Devin Dubnik at 307.6. Bobrovsky was 41 and 17, a 2.06 goals against 931 save percentage. That was the best in both categories of all four goaltenders. Holtby had a 2.07, very close. And a 925 save percentage, he was second in both. Cam Talbot had the most minutes played of anybody on, on the top four, with 4,294 minutes played. He was 42 and 22. Hope he had the most shutouts at nine. And uh, uh, the best uh, the best shootout uh, scoring was Devin Dubnik. Uh, but uh, uh, that was the top four goaltenders. Very, very good there. Top power play, Buffalo Sabres. At 24.5%, they were 0.7% better than Toronto. Best penalty kill, the Boston Bruins, they were 0.4% better than Florida at 0.7%. Um, so that is how things look. In terms of the playoffs so far, Yanni Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Alexander Radulov with three points. That is the best uh, so far uh, for each of, uh, in terms of uh, overall goal score, or overall point scoring. Two goals for Justin Williams, Zach Parise, and Michael Gravner, and Joel Edmondson, the defenseman for the St. Louis Blues. That is going to do it here from northern New Jersey. I'm George Sotopoulos, the stat man. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Saturday at 10 a.m. From New Jersey, happy Easter. Happy Jack and Robinson Day, everybody. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.